Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with you, and this episode got kind of woo-woo, not in a bad way, but it was definitely a fun experience hanging out with our guest for today, but before I introduce her, um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, uh, chiropractic, a vitamin drink bar, massage therapy, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to help you clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. Can you guys tell I was like having trouble reading that? I could. Uh, next up, we are also brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there's a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc., Fabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Last but not least, this podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. Okay, guys, our guest today is Jenna McClelland. Jenna literally launched this company officially the day that we live streamed this podcast actually um so as of today her podcast or her company is a week old (laughs) um not even a week old we recorded this on a wednesday but um her company is called obsidian and she kind of explains the idea behind the way she trains people in the art of yoga but I'm going to let her do that on this incredibly insightful episode. Um, I definitely learned some things about yoga that I didn't understand, as well as we got into some energy talk and things not related um, to just practicing yoga. But I'm going to let her explain that. So here is the founder of Obsidian, Jenna McClelland. Hi, guys. Welcome to the How Do You Help podcast. We are here together once again for another episode um, I think we got, uh, this is the last one of this month, right? Because next week, no, no, we still have one more next month. Okay, next week for this month. Got a Halloween one. Yeah, we, oh, we should totally do that. These will publish a week late, though, so. Still. <laughs> still. Uh, okay, cool. So today we are interviewing Jenna McClelland. 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 Yes. yes. She owns Obsidian, which is a yoga company all sorts of events and wellness and she's going to tell us more about it because she's excited about this newer journey of yours that's correct but uh, although you have 
tons of years of experience in the field already. Now she's just taking it on her own and sharing her passion in a more personal way, I would say, right? Yeah, absolutely. We also have Nurse Dosa over here. And we're going to be, I'm sure we always breach the subject of vitamins and, and, and how it affects our bodies. And uh, I'm Tex-Mex Yogi, so uh, let's get this started. Hell yeah. All right. So yoga is essentially the basis of your business. You're your teacher. Correct. Right? Yeah. And I think that's how we initially got to meet through the, the yogi community here in Austin, which is a very strong one here. But it's... It, it's weird to say you're much more than just yoga because yoga like encompasses like everything in health, right? Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. So, so what would you tell people that you try to do with yoga when you try to incorporate in someone's like health and wellness journey? Like how I would introduce myself into someone? Yeah, like what, what is it, like they're saying like you're a yoga teacher, but like what else do you do? Like your yoga business, do you have a yoga studio? Like what okay, is it gotcha. that you do? Yeah. yeah, I do not own a studio. I am a 500 hour yoga teacher who is in pursuit of starting my own business and brand, mm -hmm. Obsidian here in Austin, just launching just this week. So I'm very excited. Um, I like to try... I guess to fully understand the meaning of life and how it is that you could utilize your body to get there. Gotcha. You know, nice. what are the power tools that your body can help provide you into ultimately understanding, you know, who you are as a person, who you want to be, and um, really cultivate a strong journey through self-love. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. Thank you. So, how in the world did you come up with that idea? Um, you know, it's just... Just through time, um, you know, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of diving in, a lot of insecurity, a lot of questioning, and I think when I began yoga, I started to realize that not only did I want to make a difference between how I felt as a person inside and out, but how could I also reach another person and help them find that spark that is there that we never recognize you know people spend so much time searching and searching and searching but the matter of the fact is it's there there's no searching that has to happen it's yeah. just getting in there and believing that it's there because it is there and as soon as that belief is possible anything in life is now possible is, is that a process that you went through yourself I mean like how tell us about your journey um, yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because I think everyone has a very similar story of how they initially get into yoga, whether it's from an injury or, um, you know, I was healing was because, yeah, you know, I was an athlete and I needed to stretch and all kinds of different broad ways of going about it. But I don't, I mean, it just popped into my life. I was living in Fort Worth at the time. I had just left the art industry. So I was in the art industry for about, about four years. And... I had moved across the street from this hot yoga studio, and it said, was it 20 bucks, two weeks, unlimited, as many times as you wanted, and for one random day, I said, you know what, that would be cool. Why don't I just go in, 20 bucks, go every day, do not drink alcohol, eat really well, and just see what happens. It was a random goal that I had set for myself, and sure enough, I go, and I start making some changes on the third day. I literally wanted to give up and say, no, this isn't for me. This isn't what I'm going to do. But something in my intuition was like, no, stick around. Um, I had lost a friend the year before to suicide. And it was really, really traumatic for me. But I felt 
the longer that I stayed in the practice, the more I felt connected to my friend who had passed. Okay. As if he was in my right ear, he was there, and he was sending messages to me to continue to move towards this path of yoga, of self-acceptance. And I grew up avoiding the mirrors, like any mirror, anything you can imagine. I grew up with a lot of insecurities and, um, how do I say, self-image fears. Okay. And it was the first time, because I was in a studio, it was humidity at like 67, 103 degrees, and I'm in a very iconic pose, tree pose, and I remember looking at myself for the first time and just saying, hi, you know, how, how are you? It's, it's good to meet you. It was as if, like, I had fully acknowledged my existence. I fully acknowledged who I was as a person or who I even am at that point, if I even know what that means. But it was the first step into saying, okay, wow, if I can look at myself consistently for 90 minutes, then I maybe am able to start to be able to see deeper than what's my skin, than what's is is in my reflection. That's cool. And so this is what you're trying to carry on to other people to say, you can't move on in life, you can't move forward without recognizing who you are as a person, understanding you first, right? Right. So, well, yeah. you what? I, I mean, here's the thing. I do think that... I don't think it's necessarily possible for us to fully know what our true identity is. I think we're always searching, I think sure. we're always discovering, we're always growing. Yeah. But ultimately, I want people to be able to look at themselves every day and say, I am capable, I have power, I am all magic, and whatever I put my mind to, I can do. Whatever I imagine is there. If you thought it, then maybe it is possible. Um, you know, how do I open my heart? How do I be vulnerable? How do I feel okay being vulnerable? How do I find this fire and allow it to fume? Um, what's a good example? So, have you ever been in the, well, my favorite time is to be in the car and I listen to music and I'll go, like, I sing, I dance, like, I move in and, or like an ACL, sure. or at a show. That feeling that you get and all of a sudden you're just free. Like, you're feeling this sense of bliss. You're feeling a sense of anything is possible. I am all that I am in this moment. I am free. I am alive. That is the feeling that I want to capture to my students in the classroom. And that, if that is possible in the car from a song, then maybe it's something that you can pull out and use any time that you need it. Because yeah, it's part of that. you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I've always and yeah, I've, and I love those words. I mean, I use those. I mean, if you look at this, is actually my affirmations. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and uh, yeah, yeah and the, it's like any I can create anything I, you know, I, I set mean, my mind to, right? So, look at job. And we practice that all the time. Yeah. Right? So this is like the other day we did it with like a sales goal. So like we were both thinking, we hadn't talked about it, but at the end of the day, it's like yeah, I set an intention today, we hit it, and it's just like we well, it was weird because we both had the same number in our head. Yeah. And we got done at the end of the day, and we're like, all right, we put it out there. Yeah. Right. I, it's funny going back to the, the singing in the car. Um, I think the the music we play in our car is like one of the last things we can control in this world. And I, I look at it in a sense of saying like, it's hard to control the food that we put in our bodies because we don't know the sources of our food. We right. don't know this. Uh, 
we don't know the source sometimes of our water now, right? Like think about it, we're boiling water now in, in Austin, right? Because we don't know what's in the water, right? Um, you can't watch this on TV. You may be able to watch this. They, they, you know, they censor this. They can't censor what you connect with in your car and what songs you listen to. Right. You know, the second that they switch everything to satellite radio, maybe so. But I still have a CD player in my car. So if I ever need to, I can pop in my favorite CD from 15 years ago and still listen to everything that I, you know, remember back then. And I can it's Radiohead, of course. <laughs> and, I, and I can connect with this feeling in time of saying, who was I then? Right, this is the soundtrack oh, of my life. Yeah, it kind of rewinds and you go back yeah. to that place and you, you, like, you can smell everything, you can feel everything, oh, yeah. like you're there. You can reflect, yeah. right? And you can reflect on where you were at that time and where you're at now, right? The only thing that's changed is time, right? That song is still constant, but what does that song mean to you now? And it's funny because I, I will sing at the top of my lungs, even if he's in the car with me. I don't care. I'll sing yeah. it. And then, and then it's funny because I'll look over and there's someone in the car next to me, and they're looking at me, and they're probably like, "This guy, what is he doing?" Right? You see us if we have a good day, we're dancing in the front, Baldo's dancing, everyone's always seeing him do handstands. The truth is an expression, right? Yeah. Because you have this joyous feeling that you need to let out because if you keep it bottled in. It's going to do something to you, whether it's good or bad, right? And we don't have that connection. I was talking with a, a new friend of mine today, and he was talking about the weather and everything. I said, people don't go outside enough and, like, barefoot, you know, walk around. That was the last time people touched trees. Earthing. Earthing, mm -hmm. right? Grounding, all that stuff. That connection, this, the basic sense of joy and happiness. It's so simple. It's so simple, but at the same time, we need to feel sadness. We need to feel uh, rejection. Because it keeps us human. Right. And we learn from that, right? And so I think everything that you're talking about doing is, is great because it's been your journey, right? Of all the things that you've had to deal with, right? Right. So, um, and you know, we don't have to necessarily go into those, right? Because the present is now. But like knowing that you're embarking on this journey, I mean, you're about to start the business, right? You just started. Yeah, it's just all coming into. So you got all kinds of other emotions I come in. You know, I'm. It's very. I'm very uncertain. I'm just just telling you. I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, but I know where my gut is leading me. I know exactly what it, I feel now. Yeah. And this is my feel for right now. And you know, you pretty much just know the pin on the head. Self-expression to me is ultimately like the biggest, you know, underlining factor towards like power, towards. If I am self-expressive, you're hand-standing, we're dancing, we're moving around. We don't care what anyone else has to say. Yeah. We don't care <laughs> the judgment of our friends, our family, people that we met one time but we've connected to on Facebook, you know, or someone we've known in the past in childhood. Like, it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't. What matters yeah. is truly being like, this is who you are. Go look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Like, tell yourself you love yourself. Go go call a friend, say hi, put on a fun song, lift yourself up, because it is very, very possible, and it's just right there in you. There's nothing to find. Yeah. It's there. It's just breathing and being and connecting and moving. Yeah. 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 I, I used to, I honestly used to be timid dancing at concerts. Really? Yeah, because kind of well, cause, yeah, well, I mean, because yeah. I was like, am I, am I, do I have a good rhythm, right? right. Am I, what are people thinking? Are they laughing at the way I'm dancing, right? And then you always hear that term, dance like no one's watching, right? Right. And now I walk away saying like, man, I left it all out there. 
because this is my one chance to just let loose of every single thing. Like tomorrow night we're going to go slam observatory. Right. Yes, I'm coming now. Okay, now nice. you're coming. <laughs> so, what? We'll come. Yes, come. come. Because they're captivating. They are yes. captivating. They're so and, so and there's fun. pure energy when yeah. you go into that crowd. Expression. And it's expression. And the thing is, and you're just dancing. It's like yeah. I need to go out and dance. Like yeah. I, everything that's built up this week inside of me, I know that for two hours. Yeah. I can I can be and do and act as I want. Yes. And I leave it out there, right? And so when I go and I dance down, uh, we've been turned like little kids hopping up and down. Well, she because tells us it, all the time, like, you guys shouldn't be adults. Yeah, because we're joyous. <laughs> that was actually last Ghost Land, right, that we went to. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that right. was Ghost Land. Yeah, we went for John's yeah, birthday. That was his birthday. Of all those birthdays. You either hop or you I do, shake. like, just this weird gyrate. Pelvic... Thrust a la thrusting, SNL. Yes. I've, like I've the Roxbury guys. Yeah. I've told them it's one time crazy. they shouldn't be allowed to be adults and they sling it back to me every single time. Because it was the out. most perfect thing, because literally we got done with the Ghostland concert and I I'll, this was the hilarious thing. So we got we got done walking. There's a lot of emotions. We, like we were basically in the crowd and you know how it gets in the crowd, right? And you're like, okay, I gotta take a breather for a second, right? So you start walking back out. I passed by a group of like ten people dancing all together and i'm not saying they're all kind of like hopping around each other. like they were like grinding on each other and it was like they came there with a purpose to get down and it was like an orgy of just like grinding of dancing and just like having a good time and i was just like whoa that's nuts but everyone was smiling yeah because there's not there yeah. wasn't any room for judgment yeah. because you're in a space where it was clean and free of that it was it was ex allowed it was accepted yeah. i mean you're probably talking doctors lawyers whoever yeah. right mothers fathers you know whatever and they didn't care no one cared and what does it matter if i am a doctor what yeah. does it matter if i am a lawyer what's crazy yeah. right because one of the things i love about shows is that i show up and hopefully if it's a longer set it's like all right it's two hours of like do whatever like yeah. and it's just like and then it's just, you just get lost and then I love that like I, a lot of times I just close my eyes people tell me well, like how would you think of the show I was like I didn't my eyes were closed the whole time I was just dancing ultimately <laughs> getting lost leads to discovery because if you're lost what do you do you've got to discover that space to figure it out it leads yeah. to expansion it leads to exploration and those are other amazing tools that it comes in especially when it comes to working with your body like a lot of a lot of the mm -hmm. yoga industry, or actually, I'm not gonna say all of it, all of it except for like a one percent, and I'm included in that, focuses on the body only in the front line, right? We're talking about life, uh, multi-dimensional, uh, 3D, um, multifaceted, um, a sphere where possibilities and perceptions are available, and then you have this practice that is supposed to open your mind to all these things, open your body, but it's cutting off half of your body. So what happens is it's very front body strengthen and back body open and loosen. There is not much that does to really strengthen your back body. Like no one has awareness in anything that they can't see in their body behind them. Like let's say you're dancing, you're having a good time. You are so stuck, in, not stuck, but you're so free in the movement of your body that you feel every part of it. Now, if I'm instructing you to be, okay, feel all of this, but I'm only going to allow you to feel not every single muscle. So what I do is I, I add in the back body, I add in the spine, your glutes. I was just telling Allison about that, how important your glutes are, your hamstrings, your calves, your heels, your toes. Um, and how can you move rather than closing your eyes and just, if I were to tell you, close your eyes and just move only from your back body, you're going to feel liberated. 
because you don't have to think about that. I mean, we see forward, we see down, we see this. We don't acknowledge these incredible parts that make us us. We don't acknowledge body parts that give us the power that we need to be physical and healthy. And I think that it, that is what Obsidian is about. It's about utilizing these different practices that I've learned from my past, from the past studio that I was at, um, from trainings and stuff, and how do I create a 3D multi-dimensional practice of yoga rather than a linear, you know, one-faceted yeah. space. If that makes sense, no. or it doesn't, no, 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 it can kind it of totally revert hey, back to it. I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's like... It's like when you go to the gym and you see people who are just doing one plane workouts, mm -hmm. right? They don't do any lateral movement, right? And then they wonder why they get an injury, right? Well, you never activated that muscle. You never utilized that muscle, right? Mm -hmm. It's like um, in the chiropractor world, it's called upper lower cross syndrome. The idea that if you're slouched forward, your muscles in the back here are overstretched. So when you actually try to sit upright, they get irritated because you're not used to using those postural muscles, 100%. right? They call it that in training, too, and it's mm -hmm. a weird, like conundrum that you don't see naturally because it's if you're in the case of slouching you're slouched over so you've got this hunchback look but you're not doing anything to strengthen the pec muscles so normally if a muscle is tight that's because it's strong and if a muscle is loose it's because it's flexible but you see people with like not strong chests that are super tight and super loose backs that aren't flexible there's, so it's, it's yeah, a very and, odd. And, and we do this all day. This is our norm. This is the, uh, the security, the, the fear posture. I'm scared. Power is lifted, broadened, like from your back. It's like a whole chain from your ribcage to be able to lift you and to make you kind of feel a little bit lighter but grounded at the same time. And whenever I would, I used to teach at a gym. That was when I, my first gig when I was here in Austin. I first moved to Austin officially. And there'd be people in the gym, and it was like as if their eyeballs just went, went like in a sci-fi movie, just went black or white. They had their earphones on. <laughs> you know, they're like hiding behind something, and just like, hey, like, are you present? Are you feeling? Like, what's going on? Do you understand kind of the whole aesthetic and the idea of what you're even doing with your body? Is it to look good? Is it... Is it because there's a really Gains. hot girl over there in the corner? <laughs> I'm sure there is. I mean, there's beautiful people all over. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's very interesting just to kind of really see the way that things are looked at through one lens when we have a multitude, you know, an infinite, infinite amount of different ways to go about physicality. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I've never considered yoga a workout. Right. I've never considered that in a sense. And I, I kind of cringe now when I hear people say, well, I need to get a good workout in. And I'm like, well, you're just doing the wrong kind of yoga, mm -hmm. right? I love the idea that it's practice. Absolutely. How's your practice today? In your practice. In your practice. But what does that mean? That means no one has nailed it. Yeah, and no one knows what that means. I remember I'll be like, I'm about to go practice. What does that mean? Like, they don't really understand. There's always, like, uh, a goal. Like, you cross the finish line and you're there. But it's like the mountaintop that just never stops growing, that never stops getting taller, yeah. just consistently. I mean, you you maximize a you know a handstand and a backbend at the same time, but there's another thing to add to that. There's something else you can lift a leg another way. I can oh, yeah. do something like you like I said, you just 360 degrees of movements and planes and movements and parts of your body that when you ultimately tap into, I think it's a very it's you tap back into your instinct as a as a human. 
as uh, maybe like I could even say in, like animalistic nature of my body and my mind and I'm fully understanding of everything that is me and around me then maybe I can trust and keep going with whatever it is that I decided I want to be doing. Oh yeah, I like it when there's a certain pose and someone says, now, I, I think who else would do it? Like, uh, I think Lizzie would do it all the time too. She's like, all right, it's basically like warrior two. Now go deeper. You feel that burn right there? Stay in it. Stay in it. Mm -hmm. You feel that burn? Go deeper. Right. Go deeper. And then now, breathe into that muscle. Mm -hmm. Right? And so the focus is you can feel the pain. You can feel the burn. You can feel the stretch. You say, stay in that moment. It's like Fight Club, right? This is what it is, right? This is who you are. Right? When you go and you do this, you kind of lift a little bit, you do whatever, you're listening to music, not doing anything. The only thing they care about is, okay, I did eight reps today. Last time I did six. Well, yeah. what do you get out of doing two more reps? Did you right. injure yourself? Did you do the correct form? You know, like We, yeah. we want to be comfortable. We want to stay in the same place. Growth is very hard. Growth is also changed, and people don't like to change. And another really good way to go about it is it's stimulation. That is a feeling of being alive. Are those feelings of the burn? Are those feelings of the aches? Now, if I can stay in that and just acknowledge it for what it is, hey, I'm gonna dance with this. I'm gonna be here. I'm yeah. not gonna die. I'm not gonna die because our brain is wired, you know, hundreds and thousands of years old, fight or flight. If it feels off, what do you do? You run away from it. It's, it's just part of the mechanism of our brain. Yeah, it's just a defense, right? Yeah, it's a defense. So it's. That's the challenges of it because when you're in that very fiery type of yoga and you're moving through breath in your body and then all of a sudden holding position holds, your heart rate is going, your, su your sweat is just bouncing, not bouncing, but dripping down your skin and you're just liberated at the you're same alive. time. Well, it's you're almost alive. like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? right? Because a lot of times like in other forms of of movement or just exercise it's like you're trying to push through that to get from six to eight reps right it's not like you're trying to like hold it at six no the goal like is it. i just need to get to eight and yeah. be done with it it's not saying i need to achieve a new type of i don't know movement or a, a flexibility or i'm trying to release this stress that I've had in my life for the past week. I mean, that's the thing about the intentions, right? Yeah. What is your intention today? Nobody goes into the gym and says, what's my intention today? To They're get taking, jacked. <laughs> I mean, to get jacked, to get good pumps. They're taking photos of themselves in front of the fucking mirror and just say, check this out here. I'm just like, and then you look at their legs and they're skinny as hell. I'm like, I feel personally attacked right now. Really? <laughs> you know, I've seen very yours. Balanced. You're you're dance very your dance in your videos. You're the way dancing and singing they're, they're all strictly an ego now. Ego is it's um it's the way that we are mostly run, and it's very hard to kind of tap out of it. And most people, they're thinking about one thing is how that how they look. Well, when you're in the deep grittiness of burn and breath and sweat and dark and whatever it may be, it's like your position changes in how, what it is to be alive, and then all of a sudden you're like, I hear you, ego, but I'm not going to listen because I'm so stuck in something else that all of a sudden there's this thing that's like, you've got this. You know, it's like, it, it's weird. Like, I can always feel it. I always feel it right here in my gut, and I'm just like, this is exactly where I need to be. This, there's nothing wrong with it. Hey, do I, is this a kind of a funky-looking thing? Sure, but who cares? No. Who cares? Because sure. yeah. <laughs> not all yoga looks 
you know, it's a beautiful practice, but there's some positions that are very awkward, like a happy baby. Like you're very, you're very vulnerable. You know, you're opening your legs in positions, and you're kind of opening your chest and your heart in ways that are like, I don't, I'm not used to that. I'm doing this all the time. I'm not used to expanding out. Yeah, that's why I cry off the hip openers. At first, I used to all the time because my amazing. hip flexors were so freaking tight. And I was like, I got up to after a couple of casts, and I'd ask Paul, the, I was like, why do I always cry after hip flexors? Yeah. Like, why do I do that? The first time he really started doing yoga was, I bought him a 30-day, like, challenge, basically, mm-hmm. right? To go to do yoga every single day for 30 days, and it was like, Did you stick to it every day? Oh, yeah. Great. Well, I did, and I still do yoga every day. So in the gym, to warm up, um, I do my own routine. And there's a lot of back bends, there's a lot of variations, there's inversions. Now I'm getting better at handstands. I told him the other day I held a handstand for five or six seconds. To nice. me, that's incredible. That is. And so I do that to warm up instead of you doing your little, you know, dynamic stretches and all that stuff too. And I think it's incredible because I'm stronger in everything I do because of the flexibility and the mobility. And so now what I'm able to do is go in from, you know, the downward dog into, you know, basically flip your dog and then basically reach over. And now I can do a whole back bend, right? And so then I'm gonna do a whole wheel, and then yeah. I'm gonna try to work on trying to lift the legs, and oh, then maybe yeah. try to flip over. But it just keeps climbing. But it keeps climbing, and, this, and then once you get there, you're like, but then well, I what else do can this? I do? Yeah. But what else can I do, right? And it's funny, like us going back to being alive. One of the things that we've always done is we at ACL every year, we go meet at the flags. Yeah. And. For us, we talked about this is our nucleus. This is this is where we started it all. That's it. Essentially, what we came with all this is started at ACL what three years ago. Three years ago. Okay, and when we're there, this has always been our thing. Yeah, yeah. So that that connection is there, but there's there's an energy that you feel when you go to ACL where everyone's just happy and you can be creative and you know serotonin's flowing and all that stuff. But the idea is that when we're there. We'd actually start doing like handstands and backbends, and he's like, and he starts doing yoga. I'm like, well, I want to do that, so we start doing, it and people come up and join us. Yeah, we, oh yeah, people love it. Oh yeah, remember last because year that we created a safe space. Yeah, that girl came up, and she was with like two guys, and one of them was her boyfriend because you could tell he was not happy her hanging out with us. <laughs> but basically, she was just like, well, I can do that, and she started doing this. She started doing all these crazy backbends. I'm like, how how do you know all this? How do you know all this? She's like, well, I'm a gymnast, and so I know how to do all this stuff. But she's like, I've been working on this. And, and th- for a minute, she completely forgot about her boyfriend. She wasn't focused on us. She was focused on herself, herself yeah. and the yoga. And she What's got lost crazy, in Because you get that, like, because you could feel it from them, right? Like, they were just being They were like, like oh, what are y'all trying like, to do? Just try something. Yeah. Like, who cares, right? I'm just what like, no. I was like, y'all want to join us too? And they kind of looked at us like, oh. I'm like, okay, cool, you know? But you, when you go there afterwards, it's always fun to see people, the way they react. How many people climb those poles? Like every single time there's a cop that comes up and says, come down from climbing the flagpole, <laughs> right? And it's like a stupid kid or someone that climbs. Yeah. And I've seen one kid get all the way up there. It's Jesse. It's Jesse, yeah. of course. Right? And then he slides down. And <laughs> You're like, I knew him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but everyone goes there and they talk and they reflect. And it's, it's about self-awareness, right? And I don't think you get that in the gym unless you're like talking to someone. And, but you ought to hear what people talk about. It's like, so like you need to hold that pose. And what I try to do is this, and do that. but it's funny because they, it's not necessarily that they're completely incorrect, it's just that they never talk about, but then you got to breathe, and you got to engage your core, and when you do that, you'll be able to go further. You'll be able to do this with it, because every time I do a handstand, Bali goes, you got to breathe. You got to relax your chest, and then from that, you'll be able to go into that pose. And I'm just like, what do you mean relax? I'm trying to hold a pose upside down, it's like... <laughs> 
relax. You're supposed to be there. Just go with it. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. And it's like, you almost feel like you can't, you can't, you can't. Also, oh shit, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Oh man, that was awesome. Then you get done with it, it released something, and then you feel this different type of release to where you do feel grounded, but you hit your parasympathetic response. You just identified what it is to be alive, and you experience that within one pose. So you experience, okay, I'm going to try this. Okay, I can't. I'm yeah. not. Fear. Yeah. Not happening. But then what happened? You were persistent. You pulled through that. And then after you pulled through that, what happened? You saw results. You came back down. You recognized yourself. You turned over a facet. You turned something over, and you all were like, I learned from that experience. I probably experienced like 10 different emotions during that thing. Like, I've, I've fallen on my face. I laugh at myself all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, but I love to laugh. I love to fall. I love to giggle and make weird noises whenever I'm trying to push really hard or whatever it may be. But you experience frustration, harmony, peace, hate, love. I'm not good enough. I mean, everything that you can experience, you can experience through one position. And it's very, very, very interesting. I think that's why it's so beautiful to me. Oh, yeah. But think about the one position of just doing, like, uh, was it double lotus? Right, we were like that pose, right? What is this one? Oh. Double pigeon, double pigeon, I'm sorry. Oh, you mean when it's like more like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's double pigeon. Okay, so I can't do that just yet, but if you don't put your feet well, on top. Well, you used to be like this. Yeah, but what's yeah. the other, well, what's, <laughs> so, but think about the idea of just sitting there and not moving and just focusing. Stillness. Stillness. Meditation. Meditation. So the number one thing that most people, and even to me those days, saying, well, I can't meditate. And I used to tell Baldo, I was like, I, I don't know how to meditate. And he goes, it's not about tuning out everything else. It's about focusing on the one thing you're doing. Right. So if you're just sitting there, then sit there. Mm -hmm. And enjoy sitting there. Peace and quiet, whatever it is. I mean, think about it. If you have time off, most people's inclination is like, let me check my phone real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's a distraction. We're too afraid to go in. We're too afraid to be still because I think we have a fear I mean, that may not be a fear, but it's almost like, have you ever been like, I haven't had my phone two hours. I bet I have like 10 messages and like five missed calls. Yeah. No one's called yet. Yeah, I'm not checking emails <laughs> so after like eight or 10 now. This necessity and anxiety yeah. towards being connected and always and always and always when, no, those things can wait. And I do, even my husband will have to like slow me down. Hey, you do not have to respond to that right away. I'm like, you're right. Like, <laughs> oh, I started I just don't. putting my phone in your thing on now. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it is, it's, it's, way of being and going back to that way that space of expression and understanding who you are in the moment of today what's well, almost like i give myself like if i know that something can be stressful it's like well i'm gonna like say like i'm only gonna be stressed during this period right like mm -hmm. that way I, instead of like checking it throughout the day and being stressed out throughout the day right like, so like you allowed yourself time to experience the stress is that what you're saying yeah it's you, almost like, away like from it like i know some of those messages or emails especially for you work, know, owning yeah. a business, it's like, some of them are going to be very stressful. So it's like, why check them when I can't really do anything about it now until like, hey, I got an hour to just like, whatever, I should check my email and I could probably handle whatever it is because I have time. As opposed to like checking it and then it's like, fuck, I need to get to that at some point today and then you're just thinking about it over and over again. And then by the time you get to it, it's just like, you're just stressed out about it. Well, yeah. you don't make good decisions when you're stressed. Yeah. Right? Like think about the panic modes and you're going to find this being an entrepreneur and a business owner now, that you're going to have to make a decision and you try to make it not based off emotion, right? Because something will come up, you panic about it, like, what do we do, right? One of the coolest things that we've ever done, in fact, my last post on Instagram was the idea that it showed me on, on Town Lake, 
on a paddleboard. We go board meetings. We do that because we say we, we can't. We literally do. We say we can't. Something is not right. We we can't. The creative juices aren't flowing. Something. We need to get out of our element and start over. And start over again. And be one with nature. And for some reason, I've always been drawn to water. Well, it's crazy because anytime we do those, when there's because sometimes we've done them just because like we haven't done big, it in a while. But a big decision but, needs to be made. Yeah, but it's usually like that, and it's usually like on our way out. It's like what's all the negative? What's all the negative? Just throw it out there, leave it on the water, and then by the time we're coming back, it's like, but this is how we're gonna take care of it. This is what's gonna happen. Like it's awesome, yeah. and it's just like all positive, right? Because yeah. like, you address it, you say, well, what is it that you're really worried about? What is it that's bothering you the most? And if the, you actually vocalize it. This is what I'm worried about. This is the possibility, and this is what could possibly happen too. And you're like, well, if that happens, what are you gonna do then? It's like, well, then I would probably do this, and I would do that. Okay, so then it's not the end of the world, right? Because there's always a solution to every problem. It's whether or not you can actually see that solution, right? Because if can is in your vocabulary, then you're never going to find that solution, right? I don't think I've ever heard Baldo say can't since we started working together. You know, it's like that won't happen. No, it's like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to make it happen. Right. Right? Like, I don't know how we're going to get there, but it's going to happen. And so when you decide to agree with that, your brain starts changing the frequency of how you view things, right? Glass half full, glass half empty. I'm starting a business. I'm going to go out there and do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this is going to happen next. But if I put it out there, what starts happening is it starts growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it starts connecting, and then people start hearing about your business and start saying, "Oh, that's really cool." And then tell me more about it. Say, "Oh, wait, I can relate. Let me connect you with this person." I think my favorite way I've ever heard this put was last week. Someone said, um, "It's a uh, Mary Shendoa." I'm sorry if I'm saying her name wrong. She's at Paleo Chef on Instagram, but she's an awesome entrepreneur and really cool. But um, she said. I don't think you create your own opportunities, but when you give yourself permission to see them, that's when they start presenting themselves to you. So it's not necessarily like by you saying, okay, I'm doing this thing, suddenly the universe is lining it up for you. It's like, it's already there. You just need to have the confidence in yourself. Belief system. And have the belief system to actively look for those opportunities, and then suddenly they seem like they're popping out in front of you. I love that. It's funny. I actually was thinking about what you just said the other day. I, I... I love Pulp Fiction, all right, as a movie. And in the scene, uh, the wolf comes in, and for you viewers, this is a spoiler, if, if you haven't, or listeners, if you haven't watched this before, you need to go watch that. I'm going to spoil it. But basically, uh, yeah, it's a 1990 movie, yeah. so you've probably seen it by now. But um, the part where uh, the dude gets his bla- brains blown out by uh, John Travolta in the car, That's right. and they have to pick up all the pieces of brain and all that stuff. And it's funny because I was laughing because Samuel L. Jackson starts getting mad. He's like, what the hell am I doing back here? You blew his brains out. We need to switch spots and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, the wolf comes in, Harvey Keitel, and basically takes care of the whole situation. He's like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. I see a problem here. This is what we need to do. And he's as calm as can be. He's like, I need this, blah, 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 blah. And so John Travolta's like, hey, like, I'm sorry. I just need would like a please whenever you say this. And he goes, well, I'm sorry if time is of an essence, and I'm sorry if I'm Kurt, but please, go get this, blah, blah, with a fucking cherry on top. Right? Like, go get it done, Right? He gets done, they get it done, they get it cleaned up, and then they thank him. Thank you so much for taking care of this, you got us out of the situation, blah, blah. They couldn't think about what to do in that situation. And all they had to do was clean up the car, you know, put the, the body in the trunk, and then go dispose of the car like they would any time. But they couldn't think well, about they got that. distracted. Right? They didn't see the solution was right there in front of them. 
this outside perspective, cool collective, who's grounded, he was very grounded the entire time, knew what he was doing. I know what to do in this situation. It's this one is of what you right, and it was it was the most simplest <laughs> thing. Get some towels, start cleaning up, and then afterwards, we're going to get rid of everything. Follow me, we're going to go this way. And I just thought it was the coolest thing because I'm like, that's usually what happens in a situation where you just don't know what to do and you seek guidance, right? That's why people follow religion. I don't know what to do in this situation. God, please give me the will in order to accept the things I cannot control, right? But then if you accept those things you can't control, what happens to your release then? I don't have to worry about that anymore. And it's then, out of my control. Well, then are you still thinking about God now that he's done the job and taking it care? Is it just only when you need it? Ah, right. Only when it's... Right. So then it goes into the whole idea. It's like, is this part of a plan that's already pre-designed for me? Am I following this path? Am I veering from it? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to be doing this? Right? So think about midlife crisis. Like, right. well, should I be doing this? I never dreamed of working in a fucking cubicle with two or three little kids at home in this house that looks exactly like everyone else's. And, and driving a car just like everyone else says I should drive, right? I, what do I did? I went, I went to school. I got good grades. I graduated in four years like I was supposed to. Like my parents told me to. Went and got a job like I was supposed to. Went and got a house like I was supposed to. Went and got a wife like I was supposed to. Went and got kids like I was supposed to, right? And I'm in the same position as this guy right now, and he did the exact opposite. He went and traveled the world, mm -hmm. right? And it led us back to this. He experienced all these things, but I experienced things on my own too. But... Is this the path I'm supposed to take? Did I create my own path? Am I supposed to be doing this because there's a higher calling? Most people don't even recognize that there's something greater than ourselves, right? We're so stuck in our own world. Ego. And that our ego keeps us in check. Oh, I need more. I should have more. I'm entitled to this. I I'm demand more. I'm a victim of this. Things don't go my way. This sucks. It never happens to me. I'm always like, I never win the lottery. I never win the big. How many people <laughs> say it would be all fine if I just win the lottery? Well, what's going to happen then? Because right after that, like 70% of people win the lottery go bankrupt. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's funny that they're, that right, that comes up right now a lot. It's like, it's $2 billion. That means that you get a billion now or something like So that. all my problems are gone, right? I, I have $2 billion. a million dollars, it would still be cool to win. And they're it just doesn't... adding the making the pot even bigger because yeah. so many people are buying tickets right now. <laughs> you know, is, is the work belief there? Is the work, you know, ethic there? The idea that, you know, challenge is challenge and challenge and hard work. Actually, rather than it being work, it should be play. Have you ever, like, you're on your boards and you're talking and all of a sudden you're so in the zone you realize that you're having a really good time. Oh, yeah. Like being creative and diving into projects and being, I don't want to really use the term busy, but, you know, working hard, start to look at it in the sense of, like, it's actually play. We have the opportunity to be here for some crazy reason. My heart is beating for me 10 million times a day. That's a whatever false number. It's probably a little less than that. And that's magic in this first place. So, and then I have all these things in front of me, like a plethora of things to choose from and grab onto. But what I choose, can I realize that rather it being work for life, it is play, it is fun, it is something to utilize, and again, to be able to see that 360 multidimensional space within one thing that is so flat surfaced. Yeah. And I ultimately think that when you can discover your body fully, when you can discover your belief in your heart of passion, and that feel, like the dance feeling, that expression, then you are okay with the cookie cutter house, the five kids, the more, you know what I mean? Because it's... Five kids? 
Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Eric didn't hear that. Eric could be like cringe right now. It's like, you're having them. Like, that's the only sound. You're having the next one. Yeah. I, but it's being content with what you have created for yourself and what you have, right? Because whenever I think about my troubles, and, you know, we, as a business owner, my good friend Nancy said it's, it's peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. Peaks and valleys. She is very successful, runs a million-dollar company, multi-million-dollar company, and she's like, dude, I still go through the same things that you go. It's just on a bigger level, right? Like on a higher payroll scale, you know? And, uh, you know, I go home, and I say, okay, well, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have food on the table? Do I have clothes on my back? Do I have everything that I need? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Am I pissed off that my iPhone's not working as well as it should, that my Wi-Fi's not working, you know, that that, you know, we're out of boost, you know, because the distributor, you know, back ordered everything, right? It's, it's more like, what can we do that's in front of us right now to make the most out of it, right? And it's be appreciative of what we have because life is too damn short to sit there and worry and be upset about what you don't have, right? And I've seen the entrepreneurs who are very successful, they don't get money and to say, oh my God, I've solved the meaning of life. The money is a means to what they're really going to do next with it, which is create a nonprofit, feed the world, you know, change the idea of everyone drives, you know, gas cars is going to be electric cars. Why can't we live on Mars, right? Why can't, why can't we live under the ocean, right? Why can't we live to 120 years old? Did you ever, either of you, um, Allison as well, read The Alchemist? I've read parts of it, yeah. I've never read the whole thing. There's, I think I did. I don't there's a part in the beginning where it's talking about, so the premise of the novel is it's the shepherd boy who finds out that he is about to come upon or find a treasure. And he says, you know, this book has been so alive. This book has been around for a long time and it continues to get published in all over the world in different kinds of languages. And the reason why it thrives is because we are all experiencing the exact same thing. Like, there's this shepherd boy. We are a shepherd boy, in our own sense, looking for a treasure in life. You know, we all have a different way of going about experience, but we experience the same emotions. Mm -hmm. We all want to find something bigger and grander and better than ourselves. Yep. Like, it is, you know, fully about understanding that we are not separate. We may have different color skin, hair, you know, gender, sex, whatever it is that you believe, and no matter what that is, deep down, if we were to carve ourselves, we would all be the exact same. We yeah. would all want the same things. That's why I no longer practice Catholicism. Yes. Because at one point, at Catholic undergrad, <laughs> I said, if I lived in India, yeah. I would call my God a different God. Right? But it's still the same God. It's still the same God. Right. And then you start looking at, you just look right. at all the different... If you look at all the different types of stories about Jesus, Siddhartha, Jesus, it's the same story, right? All of, it, all yeah. of them. Buddha. Yeah, it's all the same story. It's just 11 different ways, and I know I'm missing a bunch right now off the top of my head, but there's like 11 different stories about how Jesus basically came about. It's just your Jesus, different mind. And like I said, growing up, it was so weird. I was like, Jesus wasn't white. <laughs> like, how the hell does he have like blue eyes and like blonde hair? And I was like, that's, that's not the truth at all, but I'm saying it's like we go to battle and go to wars and people hate one another just because 
on the outside it's different, your beliefs are different, but internally it's like the same thing. It's like your heart beats just like mine, right? Yeah. But in a term of crisis, we're the same dust. We're talking about the exterior of what people have painted for him to be, for what he is. I mean, ultimately I think it's an energy. It's a, right. way, of, it's a way of being. And why does it have to have eight arms, or why two? You know, it's just, if it all has the same aesthetic and the same ideas and the same beliefs and the morals and yada yada yada, then it ultimately is the same, but people are so fearful. So oh, that's yeah. fear that actually takes place, because they're fearful of, you're going to take something away from me, or maybe what I believed my entire life is not what is more, is more it's like a competition. Like, who's more important? Am I more important? Are you more important? I honestly, I can't even tell you. I don't know what it is, but it's really sad. Yeah. It's very sad. I, when I was younger, I would try to find proof in Jesus. You tried to find pr I, proof? I tried to find the proof that he existed. Okay. How did you do that? I wanted concrete evidence. I'm science-based. Okay. You know, this carbon-based dating, you know, that you would look at. And I remember that there was this thing that they had. It was a, a cloth. Yeah. Remember the cloth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The energies and... And they had this whole... It had his whole body. face on and body on it, and I think it was inconclusive. Yeah. Right? They could not determine if that was the case. Didn't change anyone's opinion. Right? Didn't... If he existed or not. But the question was out there to say, how can we prove that he really was there? And said, well, it's a belief. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Beliefs are good and they are bad because when we believe something so wholeheartedly, it ultimately becomes... A, I feel like I keep saying the word ultimately part of me. <laughs> it's like a shield is now over me, like uh, an almost like an action figure that can put a shield over them if I try to hit you, or, like it would propel. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Force field. Like exactly. Star Wars. Star Wars, something. <laughs> but. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if I'm so strong in the belief that the sky is purple, and I believe that, like every square inch of my body believes that, like there's no way. Any proof of evidence of any sort. We'll change it. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine because that's what we choose to attach our beliefs and the way we function to, right? Like every single day I'd go to Catholic, or every every Sunday I'd go to Catholic church, and I'd hear our Irish priest bitch about how American kids are lazy and how they should all be working. But then he'd go watch the Cowboys games and drink beer, and I was like, then he's just like everyone else out there, right? So why is he condemning us? Because he has a certain thought about what life should be like. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, wait a second. All these stories that he's telling us, they're basically just moral guidelines. Sure. That's all it is, right? They're, that's all religion is. It's just saying like, if you don't know how to treat other human beings, here's a guideline. You yes. know, don't kill, don't steal, be nice to people, respect one another, right? But then all these stipulations that have been like basically designed by man, and it's been, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like we put these limits on ourselves, right? Love thy neighbor as long as they're not gay. Right? I've never understood that. Like, that doesn't make sense you to me. You have love and then un uh, unconditional love. And there's um, a scientist, I forgot his name, in Japan. And so he was studying energies of words, like energies oh, yeah. through crystals, through um, I, um, quick ice. So he would flash freeze tubes that have water in them. And next to each tube, he would put, like, a word, let's say, hate. You'd put love, trust, affection, whatever it may be. And the more powerful the word, like love or generosity and gratefulness, the crystals that would form inside the tubes were beautiful. 
symmetrical, gorgeous, and just, I mean, they had flow and consistency to them. But the ones that were attached to hate or envy and jealousy, they came out rigid and they looked funky. They didn't look complete. They just kind of looked like a regular ice that would have just fallen off of maybe a tree. Maybe a tree actually wouldn't do that because I think trees are pretty amazing. But um, <laughs> it, it just goes to show like what we say now when he put, it was love and gratitude next to one another. Which one do you think actually had a prettier crystallization? Probably gratitude. Yeah, it was actually gratitude because there you're so grateful. There's no condition. I think love these days is very conditional. I'm not going to love you until you stop drinking alcohol. You know, I'm not going to love you until you quit your job. I'm not going to love you until you start having six figures. Or I'd love you if. Right? Or I, exactly. And I think that's the difference is there's this love aspect, not that it's false <laughs> or anything, but start to kind of go towards the sense of, you know, it is very unconditional. You know, it's it comes from a deeper... Um, softer, powerful place that has a lot more meaning to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the, the idea that you mentioned earlier about, like, just energy. Uh, you mentioned energy as well, too, as far as, like, a like a belief system. That's, for me, it's, like, energy. And for me, it's yeah. always, like, whatever your religion is, if it helps you navigate life better, then, then more power, it. too. Absolutely. Right? I just get things a little different, is, is all mm -hmm. I always used to say. But it's, like, it's not that it's wrong. It's just that I, I get it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, and it's totally cool. <laughs> everything is energy. Everything that you utilize, whether it's in the drink we're drinking, like there's an energy form in it that actually has a reaction to our energy. So what is really fun to do in yoga is to make people, or actually create the space for people to see that what happens when they start to plug down to the grounds. What kind of transactions start? It's like a power plug. All of a sudden, you you some you turn something on and it forms another reaction where. Now, well, if I try to squeeze my feet together here and lift my ribcage and pull in, wow, I've got balance. Maybe I can get off of a foot. Maybe I can fly forward. You know, maybe I can go to other places. So you can manipulate the energies within the earth and your body and air all at the same time. So it's very elemental when people really don't think. Like, it's a way of being that is, you create a like a respect, like an agreement with nature and the earth that because of what you have, I'm what you have, and I'm going to utilize that space and respect it and utilize it to find my own power. That's funny. We go home and there's this big, beautiful lot of these wonderful trees that were there, and they were plowed for this medical building that's about to be built. And we drive by, and my wife even said, too, it's like, it hurts to look at that. Yeah. Because they when they cut all the trees down, they piled them up in a big pile and it was like but they were all leave them there? Yeah, they left them there for a while and mm -hmm. you could see all the leaves were and everything was changing and it was rotting right. and it's like that's like we killed that like we killed energy we killed a life form right like i don't care what anyone says cockroaches trees flowers all they're going to be here longer than than we are right we weren't here first but yet we basically feel like we own the place and I'll step on cockroaches. And we're and we're, but the thing is, I it's still an energy form. It's funny. I actually, we always had this debate about insects, um, spiders, snakes, and then also like even cockroaches. Everyone has their own little one that they don't like and they don't respect. I'll kill a cockroach. Right. This guy won't harm a fly though with anything else. But he's like cockroach. I'll, I'll kick the shit out of that thing. I'll, I'll hurt a fly for sure. Hurt a fly. <laughs> well, I usually talk to it. Like if it's flying around, of course. It's like I'm gonna kill you. Like if you don't leave me alone. And a lot of times they just don't come back to me. Anymore. 
That's actually. But if it does, I'll smack the shit out of it. Uh, but it's fine. I do that. But I'll do that to a cockroach. Just like, hey, walk that way. Oh my god, what's we up, man? We have some in. guests here on our podcast. <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, come and have a seat over here if you want. Our good friend Chris just came with Bella. Hey guys. What's up? What's going on? Yeah. Girl. This yeah. is little monkey. Ten months old. For the audio now. listeners, we are a fully functioning medical facility. <laughs> well, for for our our friends at home, uh, we have. We have a, a lounge here, so like people come in and, and they bring their loved ones here. It shares the energy, the good vibes, and then hopefully uh, we can learn something from it. But uh, what were you saying a while ago with the... Uh, I don't even know what you were saying. We kill cockroaches. We kill cockroaches? Is that the still deal? Yeah. That's, that's the rule. I'll, I'll talk to it first, though. I'll be like, get out of here. What about a snake? Will you kill a snake? Depends. I'll teach you how to make rattlesnake sausage. Rattlesnake chili. <laughs> I think everyone has their own boundary, and I think that's what it kind of... But at the same time, like it's like I wouldn't hurt a bear, but it was gonna try to attack me. I'm gonna kill it, right? Like you're invading my space. (laughs) Well, I mean, you defend yourself, right? If it was your family and you had to do something, you would do that, right? But I'm just not gonna go out of my way. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna go looking for cockroaches to go step on them. Yeah, no. <laughs> I still kill them, but if I can, I'll knock them, you know, out yeah. that way or whatever. I like how Mary go gets a cup, puts kills it, it, and puts out there. It well, it's just the respect, right? Yeah. That it's bigger than yourselves, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's that's why I think Jurassic Park and that whole thing is just a freaking amazing thing because you're just like how how much do we respect nature in order to basically think we can control it? What we can control is the thoughts in our head, right? We can control our actions that we create, and so. For everything else around us in our environment, we, we can only do so much. And so if we put it out there and say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but if I say, I'm going to will it, I'm going to meditate on it, I'm going to pray on it, and it will happen, then most likely you're going to have a good result. That's, and good things happen, right? But that positive energy has to go out there. For all the times that I've been negative, Ball is like, dude, it's just going to happen. <laughs> just let it happen. And I'm like, bullshit, how do you just sit there and be calm? And he's like, just let it happen. That's the thing we always find a parking spot. That's my point. Oh, the parking spot there. He's all, especially in front of Wonderlust. Oh my God! Downtown, he's like, we're gonna find a parking spot every single time. It. It's right there See in front. You, yeah. Your own path. yeah, but yeah, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. yeah. And being Mexican, we always say, "There's no will. There's a one. There's a one. There's a one." All I need is a freaking hanger, and I'll get it done. That's really what you need right there. And the other thing, you need a handyman. <laughs> that's really what it is. Uh, cool. Well, right. I guess uh, we got the signal. I think that's time. So, uh, okay. So, how can we how can we find you? Where, what's the handles? Website? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can find me at obsidianaustin.com. Nice. Same thing with my Instagram accounts. Very new. Just launched last night. Obsidian Austin for Instagram. Facebook is coming up. Follow my path. I have photo shoots, events, festivals coming up through nice. through the brands. And opening up to a bunch of other things. So follow, connect, let me know, facilitate, and towards growth on all ends with you and you. Yes, awesome. Thank and you all tomorrow, if you're at Stubbs, come by and dance with us. Yes. Ghostland. Yes. Ghostland. Thank you guys. <laughs> Bye.